Welcome to PivotCast. This episode was recorded on November 21st at the Transat Club. Readings were done by Tamara Faith Berger, Shazia Haviz Ramji, and Kasson Sharp. Unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, the only reading we have recorded is from Kasson Sharp. To learn more about Tamara and Shazia, as well as the books they were promoting that evening, check out pivotreadings.ca. This episode contains some mature themes and content. Listener discretion is advised. Carson Sharp is a writer currently based in Toronto. His fiction and criticism has appeared in Canadian Art, Prism International, C Magazine, The Heart, Heart House Review, and Guts Canadian Feminist Magazine, among others. His first collection of short stories, Our Lady of Perpetual Realness, was released by Metatron Press in 2017. Please welcome Kason Sharp. Hey. This story, I'll give a little content warning as well for um, sexual themes. Um, It's called Darling If You Love Me. Sweetheart arranges to meet the man in the passenger's pickup area of a subway station at the end of the line. Sweetheart is worried that the passenger pickup area will be busy, but when he gets there, it's just an empty parking lot. There's a pizza pizza, a gas station, and a few cars in the four-lane road that turns onto the highway. Nothing else. Blue skies and a couple of cartoon clouds. Sweetheart lights a cigarette and waits. It's an afternoon in late August, but still as hot as July. Sweetheart is in his skimpiest outfit, a thin tank top and a pair of cutoffs that ride up his thighs, his hairy chicken legs dark brown from all the sun. Sweetheart hopes the man thinks he looks cute, even though he knows it doesn't really matter. Sweetheart has the day off. He's been getting fewer shifts at the video store recently. No one is renting DVDs anymore. The only thing that keeps the place afloat is the porn section, located behind a beaded curtain in a room double the size of the rest of the store. (laughs) The only customers are a handful of old men who don't know how to use the internet. (laughs) They rent the same movies week after week with the titles you'd expect. Young and Busty XXX, College Coed Fest, Brazilian bareback four. The manager of the video store is crazy. He keeps throwing these big temper tantrums because business isn't going well. He fired two employees last month for no apparent reason. Miranda quit a few weeks ago because he wouldn't do anything about the old Portuguese man who kept making passes at her. Miranda keeps being like, sweetheart, man, you gotta get out of there. That place is But where is sweetheart going to find another job? He doesn't have many skills. He crushes his cigarette butt into the pavement with the edge of his heel. Besides, it's not the worst place to work. The old men don't make passes at him, but sometimes he has to ask them not to jack off in the store. (laughs) A gray minivan pulls into the passenger pickup area. Sweetheart knows it's the man because the man told him he'd be driving a gray minivan via text exchange earlier that morning. The man lowers the window and motions for Sweetheart to get in. The gray minivan slows down as it passes, but doesn't stop. 
The first time the man came into the video store, Sweetheart and Miranda were standing behind the counter. It must have been a few months ago. Sweetheart remembers because the store doesn't see new customers very often. Look at this creep, Miranda said. Yeah, said Sweetheart, although he didn't find the man as gross as the usual clientele. The man wore wireframe glasses and a gray suit that swelled under the mass of his belly. His face looked bloated and warm in a way that reminded Sweetheart of Santa Claus. He had a salt and pepper beard and his thinning hair was slicked back with gel. Sweetheart watched the man disappear behind the beaded curtain. He didn't find him attractive, but he, didn't, he wasn't exactly unattractive either. The man came out of the porn section a few minutes later and walked up the, to the cash with the DVD in hand. Do you have a membership? Sweetheart asked. He didn't. Sweetheart got the man a membership card and signed out his rental for him. His copy of Bulging Black <laughs> was due back in a week. The man returned to the video store the following week to renew his copy of Bulging Black <laughs> He returned the week after that, and then again the week after that. He never browsed any of the other DVDs. He just kept renting the same old porno over and over again. The man would chat with Sweetheart as he renewed his rental. Through these interactions, Sweetheart learned that the man lived in the suburbs, but commuted into the city every day for his job at an insurance agency downtown. He liked Toronto, but it was too noisy. Not a good place to raise kids. One day, Sweetheart learned that the man had two kids of his own at home, a boy, 11, and a girl, 16. The boy was well-behaved, but the girl, she was always up to no good. You probably know what that's like, the man said. A good-looking boy like yourself. You must get into all kinds of trouble. Sweetheart smiled, couldn't help it. Maybe, he said. Where are you from? asked the man. Toronto, sweetheart said. No, said the man. I mean, what's your background? I mixed, he said. Like, my dad, he was black or whatever. I thought so, said the man. Sweetheart handed the DVD over to him. It's due back here in a week. There's no traffic on the highway. Sweetheart sits next to the man in the passenger seat. He stares out the window. They're driving through the space between what's inside of a city and what's outside of it. There's a few buildings that look like corporate headquarters, a strip mall, the back of a subdivision, some trees, a patch of grass. Can I turn on the radio? Sweetheart asks. I prefer silence, the man says. He puts a hand on Sweetheart's thigh. Inside the gray minivan, it is very clean. The gray minivan pulls up to a roadside motel. Wait here, says the man. He turns off the car and steps out onto the gravel parking lot, slams the door. Sweetheart watches the man walk towards the motel and then disappear inside it. Facing forward in the passenger seat, Sweetheart can only see the ground floor of the motel's concrete facade, a main entrance on the far right, and then four pink doors lined up in a row, each with a window drawn shut by floral print curtains. He can't see the highway, but he can feel it surrounding him, the occasional faint hiss of a car driving by. Sweetheart scrolls through his phone. Miranda posts a picture of herself at the beach on Instagram. Maybe he should call the whole thing off. Tell the man to forget the motel and drive him back to the subway. He still has time to meet up with Miranda at the beach. 
It's early in the afternoon, plenty of hours of daylight left to go. But how much is a ticket to take the ferry across to the island? And once he's there, he's going to want a beer and probably dinner from the snack bar they have over there too. And rent is due in two days. Sweetheart sees the man reemerge from the inside of the motel. Sweetheart watches the man get bigger and bigger as he approaches the gray minivan. The man opens the passenger side door and gestures with his fingers for Sweetheart to step out of the car like the way you would beckon a bird. They're in motel suite number three. The man unlocks the pink door and Sweetheart steps inside. There's gray wall-to-wall carpeting, a wooden dresser with a TV on top, a queen-sized bed with floral print sheets to match the curtains. The curtains are so thick that barely any light can make it in. From inside the room, it's hard to tell what time it is. It's hard to even tell that it's summer. The man locks the door behind him and moves to stand by the corner of the bed. He takes off his shoes, his glasses, each sock, and then he starts to unbutton his shirt. Sweetheart watches him. He thinks he should get undressed, too. He takes off his tank top. He throws his cutoffs down, and they land wherever. Sweetheart sits down on the bed. The man folds his pants in half and hangs them off the edge of the dresser. He sits next to Sweetheart. They look at each other, both in their underwear, unsure of where to start. The man touches Sweetheart's cheek with the back of his palm. Then he takes his hand and slips it underneath the elastic waistband of Sweetheart's boxers. After Miranda quit, the manager at the video store went even more crazy. He cut everyone's hours while simultaneously making everyone stay late after their shifts without overtime. During this period, Sweetheart's overdue bills finally caught up to him. The phone company threatened to cut off service if he didn't pay in full by the end of the month. Ditto the internet. He owed his roommate money from rent for the month before and the month before that. Sweetheart knew he had to start looking for another job, but he was always too tired after work, and on his days off he sat paralyzed with anxiety thinking about the bills. There just wasn't enough money. August dragged on slow and heavy. Sweetheart ate bowls of rice, fried and garlic, or nothing at all. Part of the reason he didn't look for another job was that somewhere inside him, Sweetheart believed that if he just waited it out at the video store, things would get better. His manager would eventually have to adjust the schedule to suit the needs of his employees, or else everyone would just quit and the store would shut down. Miranda told him to stop being so unrealistic. Then, a few days ago, the man came into the video store for his weekly renewal. What's wrong, said the man when he came up to the cash. You don't look so good. Sweetheart shrugged. Rents do, he said. You don't make enough working here, the man asked. Barely, Sweetheart said. He felt his face get hot. He didn't want to cry. Not here. Not at work in front of some old man renting the same garbage porno for the millionth time. The man leaned over the cash and touched Sweetheart's cheek with the back of his palm. Here, said the man, take my number. Maybe I can help. After they finish, Sweetheart takes a shower. He feels reckless and dumb, but also invincible, like he just egged a house or smashed a car window. He catches falling water in his mouth and then spits it back out. When Sweetheart comes out of the shower, the man is dressed again, 
doing up the final buttons on his shirt. Sweetheart picks up his underwear off the floor and puts them on. He finds his tank top and cutoffs and puts them back on too. He sits on the edge of the bed to put on his socks. The man is standing by the door smoking a cigarette. Do you want one, he asks. He hands Sweetheart a pack of cigarettes and a lighter, tries to be smooth about it but fumbles and drops the lighter. Sweetheart picks it up from the floor, lights a cigarette, and looks down at his feet. There is gray carpeting, and above the two men, a ceiling fan that whirs. Sweetheart feels almost bad for him, the man with the kids and the job, who stares at the motel door like it's a window leading to someplace else. So how much do I owe you, the man asks. Sweetheart doesn't know. Two hundred bucks, he says. I'll give you a hundred, says the man, because I brought the condoms and that's supposed to be your job. A hundred bucks isn't enough to cover the missing part of the rent. Sweetheart doesn't know how to fight it. He smiles. A hundred is fine, he says. If he does this again, he'll remember to bring his own condoms. Back in the gray minivan, Sweetheart has the peculiar feeling of moving in reverse while hurtling forward. Here it is again, the nowhere space, not inside the city, but not outside of it either. A patch of grass, a billboard ad, the tall buildings of downtown just at the tip of the vanishing point. Inside the gray minivan, it is silent. The man prefers it that way. Sweetheart texts Miranda, who tells him to get his ass to the beach. It is summer, after all, and still early. Plenty of daylight left to spare. The man pulls into the passenger pickup area of a subway station at the end of the line. He stops the car in front of the subway entrance. He turns to face Sweetheart. I'll see you around, he says. Yeah, sure, says Sweetheart, smiling, uncertain if either of them means it. Well then, says the man, till next time. Sweetheart nods. He climbs out of the gray minivan, slams the door, and watches it drive away. It gets smaller and smaller until it is someplace else. Sweetheart sticks his hand into the pocket of his cutoffs and rubs the crisp $100 bill between his fingers. Tomorrow, he has a shift at the video store. The day after that, rent is due. Today, he will go to the beach. Thank you. For more information, go to pivotreadings.ca.